Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rate in Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the snake guy in Phuket, Vinnie Modell. Originally from Manchester, England, Vinnie arrived in Phuket 10 years ago. From the RAF hotel management and door work, Vinnie found a passion for diving. And after training in the cold, he packed his bags and headed to Phuket. And that's where ambulance and snakes happen. And this is one hell of a story. If you're scared of snakes or just want to learn a bit more about them, then this is a must listen. And don't worry, as today's show is sponsored by Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers. And they offer a multitude of different insurances, including health insurance. So if you happen to get bitten by an anaconda, Lambert Brothers Insurance Broker have you covered. More about them later. But right now, snakes. Mm. Enough is enough! I have had it with these snakes on this plane! Everybody strap in! I'm about to open some fucking windows. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the podcast. Hello, mate. Hi, Russell. It's not about you. <clears throat> I, I, I really think we need to do a new intro to the, the show. Why? Because you always start with that. And it's boring. Okay. Well, I know it's not about me. Come up with something else then. Oh, I was going to go down a very dark road then. <laughs> Let's not go down the dark road. Um, Vinny, Vincent, the snake guy. What's your last name? Modell. Starry, starry night. Nice. First joke. First joke. <laughs> Oh, okay. sorry, I was singing the Don McLean song, Vincent. Sorry, I thought we were doing something else. There's a Don McLean song called Vincent? Yes. Is it? Yes. Never heard it. I never heard it either. Well, jog on the pair of you. We'll play it in the outro. There we go. Okay. It's um, a very good song. Hey, I forget about the song. Vinnie the Snake. I'm just looking at your big badge. Snake <laughs> guy. Stop it. Stop it. Oh, it's bigger, it's bigger from behind. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, this is not how this podcast should start. It should start very serious and say, Vinny, you are a snake catcher in Phuket. Catcher, hunter, what would you describe yourself as? Guru. I would probably say rescuer, okay. which is probably a strange way to describe it, but I, uh, I rescue snakes from humans. Okay. Yeah, okay. That's, that's a, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. When did you first get to Phuket? About 10 years ago, give or take. Probably 10 years in October. And what was, what was the reason you came here? Uh, I came to live the dream as a scuba diving instructor. Right. Oh, I've got some questions. Because you've... <laughs> you went left when you should have went right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's track right back. Originally from the UK. I'm going to... Let me guess. Manchester. We'll give you that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> Helps that we talked last week, didn't it? <laughs> Red or blue side? I don't do football. Can't stand the stuff. Oh, fair enough. That's a good start. Okay. Um... Where do we go from there then, Russ? Well, thanks for being on the podcast. It was great. <laughs> a pleasure, a pleasure <laughs> to be here, boys. Let's, um, growing up in Manchester. I, I grew up a little bit further north. I just spent many years in Manchester. So Manchester's more of a home than anywhere else. Okay. And then schooling all up in the 
that area? A bit further north, just okay. past Preston. But yeah. And then what was a dream when you were growing up? What did you want? Because I'm, I'm assuming you didn't want to be a snake rescuer when you was growing up. I didn't. So I left school, joined the RAF, spent a couple of years in the RAF, got very bored and disillusioned quite quickly. Royal Air Force. It wasn't yeah, top No, gun. no, you, you're looking... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I know what the RAF is. Yeah. The, the look I gave you was more, why were you bored? It, that was a question I was asking yeah. myself in my head, not, what's the RAF? I'm, I'm I guessing, know what that is. I'm guessing because it wasn't Top Gun. Basically, yes. So I, I made a mistake, and on this one I listened to my dad, and he told me to go for a trade. I should have gone military police. It would have given me a yeah. ticket around the world. Lance Corporal's salary, it would have been a, a whole different story. Um, but that wasn't actually my first choice. My first choice was uh, underwater mine and bomb disposal in the Navy. Okay. Uh, with a 10-year waiting list. Is it really? Seriously. Is that many people that want to do that? The money. You, you get like three or four different allowances for yeah. this <laughs> waiting time, then danger money and diving money and... There's, there's just a whole, you make a whole load of money. Was it the military that you always wanted to go, or when you were growing up, was that the, the path you wanted to take? Or was that just kind of just, where did that come from? I, I didn't see really any opportunities where I was to do anything other than to travel the world and have some fun would be the military. That's what you, you see on TV, you see all yeah. these guys in Rambo uniform running around having uh. fun. Um, what movies are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send you a link later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> and it was just, it was a, for me, it was an option to, to uh, allow myself to grow up, mature, get out of home and have some fun. And we, how did that work out? <laughs> the maturity thing. <laughs> no, right, exactly. I think yeah. we all know. <laughs> Were you from a military family? No. I, I tell a lie, my dad was a, a reserve in the, um, what's the army? The, the, They're the guys with guns. The non-paid ones. Territorial Army? That's the one. That'll it do. was Territorial Army many, 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 many years ago. It's like Boy Scouts with guns. Uh, basically, yeah. yeah. SAS. Saturday and Sunday Warriors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the kiddies. No, I respect the Territorial Army because they are a vital part of our armed forces. Are they not? Yeah, they are. Good. I was, quite, I was quite respectful then. Um, have you got brothers, sisters? Two brothers and a sister. Older, younger. I'm the youngest Ooh. and probably the craziest. So uh, going to the... Yeah, no argument there. <laughs> <laughs> RAF. So what were you doing? Uh, Gentech E, General Ground uh, Technician Electrics. Okay. Very boring, very dull. And how long did you stay for? I was in for about three years, two, three years. And just got bored, fed up? Yeah. And then after that, what did you do? Or did you come straight to Thailand? No, 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 no. I know I look that young, but no, I'm really not. How uh, old are you, if I may ask? I'm 38. You are young. Yeah. Thank you. That's yeah. all right. I just look old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I potted around, I did some security work, got into sales, became a sales manager, uh, popped around different jobs. All in the UK? Yeah, yeah. Landed in my last job, I was a, an assistant hotel manager in Manchester. You don't strike me as a hotel manager type, I've got to be honest. No. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah see, we didn't, you didn't no. say that about the security type, did yeah. you? You left yeah, that yeah, bit, because yeah, that's that fine. Yeah, yeah. So basically, yeah. he looks like a bouncer, yeah. is what we're saying. <laughs> a thug in a suit, thanks, yeah, dude. But then that's again, right. you were a bouncer, weren't yeah. you? Nine or a years. doorman. Nine years. You did it for nine years. Mm -hmm. Fight, 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 fight. I want to see who wins. It's a great job. 
it has its moments. Yeah, yeah. I'll agree, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But you seem quite a... You're a confident, calm guy from what I've met of you for the two times that we've met together. But is there a dark... Is there an aggressive kind of side to you or no, or not? That's a really difficult question. There probably is a defensive aggressive side to me where I, I, will, I will use aggression if, if I need to in a defensive manner. I'm not all for... Um, starting fights and having lots of fun with it it's definitely uh self-preservation how long were you did you do security and stuff for out of interest i worked on the doors for on and off maybe seven years yeah. and that's having that attitude is partly what allows people to prolong the the, the time in the job the ones that get into it because they, they want to have a fight want to have a scrap they blow out quickly. So I, I, I was I was in the, 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 the time when it went from like the local council licenses yeah, to the SIA, SIA licenses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and that actually killed the industry. Yeah. You were getting kids of 18 with no experience and no... Shouldn't be there working yeah. on the doors mm -hmm. because they've got a clean criminal record and yeah. the older boys have got a couple of tickets for here and there were being sacked because they couldn't get the license. Yeah. So it had its it had its pluses to get rid of some of the bad ones, had its negatives because it allowed Any a lot of idiots it. to come yeah, in. Yeah, absolutely. The company I work for started one of the original training programs for the SIA. So back that was ninety. Russell, you only did it because you was working at strip clubs and you got to see boobies. Which for the first I tell you, the first long weekend was fucking amazing, and after that, it's, you've seen enough boobies. What, mate? It's just working can you have enough boobies? Awful. You can never have enough boobies, but what you can have a total recall. What you can pass? have, yeah. What you can <laughs> have enough of is now. If you ask any group of women, they'll, they'll agree with this. That they will tell you this. If you've got a group of women that are living together, spend a lot of time together, they will start to cycle together. And I don't mean on a bike going to work. Yes. Right. So Ooh, when you got talking about that, that I am. That yeah, that time. time of the month. So mm. when you got circa 40, 50, 60 of them, half of them coked up, drugged up, drunked up all at the same time, that's a fun week. Well, we've just gone sexist. Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> I'd like to say I didn't either. Yeah, yeah. So that was the joys of working in a strip club for you right there. <laughs> I want to tell you a story about what happened to me in the office this morning, but I can't. Because it, I, but no, in all fairness, from my experience working in Thailand, the Thais are very open, open to saying yeah. when they are and they are not yeah, no, on absolutely. their time of the month. Yeah. And it, it happened to me this morning, the girl just shouted out across the office, yeah. Kunjay, I'm on my period. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, thanks. <laughs> Good to know. And then she went, I'm not pregnant. I was like, Good okay. to know. <laughs> it's like to say, I wasn't, you know, I had nothing to do with anything else that could have made the pregnancy happen. Anyway, let's get back to Vinny. <laughs> yeah, we go off on tangents sometimes. Yes, you, <laughs> may, okay. you may or may not notice. <clears throat> when your time in the, still in the UK, did you have snakes or were you interested in snakes at all? Had no interest, never dealt with one, never seen one. Well, apart from one, Vinny. Really? <laughs> Thank that you. That anaconda. <laughs> <laughs> it don't lie. <laughs> Stop. But you never had, so there was no snake availability at that time. That's I, a terrible I, question. No, I'd never, never come in contact with snakes in the UK. So when was the time to say, do you know what? I've had enough of working in the UK. I need to go. It was about the time I got fired from being the hotel assistant manager. Uh, managed to get my job back by arguing it in legal points. They had to re-employ me. 
Uh, and then I decided I was going to leave anyway. I only what? wanted my job back to say that, yeah, guys, you'd actually, what you've done was wrong. Um, and it upset a few people. Huh. Um, bonus, I met Craig Charles. Okay, Red Dwarf. Thank you. Exactly. I was thinking the seven days, but that's Craig David, isn't it? <laughs> See where his mind's going. Yeah. No, that's only because... Ray Charles is the blind one. Anyway. Oh, really? <laughs> Who said that? I did. All right, just checking. <laughs> anyway, so... <laughs> It was a childhood hero, so it was it was a what, awesome. Craig Charles? No, Craig Charles. <laughs> he didn't he get no. Let's not go down that path. He, he had some issues, and he went to Coronation Street, but he, he was he and that was, was the biggest issue of them all, I reckon. Yeah, the, the TV history of Red Dwarf was just for me was my childhood. I liked Red Dwarf. It was a bit out there and a bit Infinity weird. Infinity welcomes careful drivers. Yes. I, yeah, you've gone over my head there. So you got fired you got your job back because of a legal battle yep allegedly have to say that just in mm-hmm. case i don't know if that's right of course, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah um and then it was like right i want to go overseas i want to get away so i was a dive master for diving and whoa 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 where'd you throw that one in from because raf right and then hotel management you've not once gone anywhere near the water so far. I, I've, I've been diving for 24 25 years now how did you get just... into diving in manchester didn't it was on holiday with the parents and it was a, a try at the pool. Yeah. Fuerteventura would have Fuerteventura. been the, the, that's oh, it. Oh, there you go. Did did my open water and then I just did bits of course on different holidays until I completed my dive master in the UK eleven years ago. So I had I had the the first level rate in professional diving in the UK. Uh, spoke to some friends, said where to go. If I'm going to go do my instructor and go to do some work. It was a case of Malta or Thailand. And a friend said, go to Thailand. Um, you might not last, but you'll have a blast while you're there. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years later. Ten years Ten later, I'm later. still here. Still here, yeah. But not diving. <laughs> but not diving. Uh, I do a little bit now. Uh, I've just, I can't mention the name, but I've just finished on the one of the Hollywood movies here that was being filmed. Oh, no, no, I was, yeah. I'm not allowed to mention it either. Yeah. Mm, none of us can. Okay. Although I did in a video the other day, but I didn't do it. I did it sneakily. Mm. I, I signed a contract to say with one of I couldn't. I'm not even going to push you because I know, yeah, because obviously we both know Sean and yes. Five Star. We, we knew what was going on. Yeah. yeah. Um, when you first came out to Thailand, you'd never been to Asia before? Never. So think, how much of the shock? Because I know what it was like for me to come first into Asia. It was like, wow. And it took me a year to kind of settle down and kind of relax. <laughs> It, it, it took me about two weeks because <laughs> in that two weeks I managed to have a really nasty bike accident Tick. Um, and start my IDC to become a scuba instructor. So I, I, life kind of uh, reality hit quite quickly. Yeah. Where, where did you do your instructor course? Sea uh, Fund Divers okay. with uh, Ben Pojpal. Oh. Awesome guy, been here since the start of time. Right, fair enough. Yeah. And so myself. that was it. You got the got your diving license, got your instructor's license, and that was going to be the life for you moving forward. It was, yeah. So at the same time, you do your first aid instructor license, and you do bits like so you can teach that. And it was it was great for a few years. Um, Still not mentioned snakes yet. So yeah, this is a long and winding story that will get us there. So after not being in town on too long and having the bike accident. I pondered, if I'd been seriously injured, who's going to help me? Can they speak English? Can they assist me? What's the ambulances like? Do they have an ambulance? I've never seen one in Asia. So I reached out and I became a very popular 
Region 8 police uh, tourist assistant. I did that for two or three years. Um, in that time, I decided to move on to something different. And I, uh, I found the local ambulance service, explained who I am, what I've been doing. And I joined them about seven years ago, six, seven years ago in the ambulance. Which one? Because there's different foundations that do all this, right? I, I work with the best, so the, or I consider the best. It's the Consolidam Foundation, right. but the largest one on the island. Okay. Can I just but, ask, so, still no snakes, by the way, but you've gone into, so you've gone from, you seem to have a passion for helping people. Because uh, first aid, going into first aid and going into, or is it the excitement or is it the, the is it the, where is this, Buzz come from to go into to ambulance or policing because it, it does seem that they you want to do that kind of service. Probably selfish reasons because it, it feels good for me to do what I'm doing. So I, I think yeah, it probably is something to do with helping people and uh, giving them giving them something they may not have had. So yeah, you're probably right on that one. But coming into an ambulance service in Thailand, it's a bit of a racket. It's awesome. No, I'm not. I, I'd imagine it's incredible. <laughs> Because some of the things you must see, and I think we talked when we met last week, yeah. properly met last week, we were talking about the, 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 who, who the first people are to take pictures and send them to the press and stuff like that, and some of the, the weird and wonderful stuff. And they're generally the ambulance crew or the rescuers. That get yeah, yeah. And you must have a lot of questions like, how the fuck did he do that? You must do. Uh, I've had my eyes opened, and I've seen stuff that I wish nobody else had to see. Yeah. Um, there's a story in the, the paper now, the, the, the model that was pushed or jumped or what happened. That earlier, yeah. uh, I, I got the raw, unedited photos of her tragic accident the same night it happened. How do you um, deal with, with that? Or not just that, because I know you've, you, with 10 years on or five years on, how, how long you've been doing the ambulance stuff for? Seven, six, seven years. Seven years. When you first started, and that first road accident that you went to or whatever it was that you went to, how do you process that and how do you manage that in your head and how do you switch or how do you, you know... How do you park it and move on? Yeah. I don't think you can. Um, the, the first dead body was a young Thai lady in Patong hit by a motorcycle. Her head had been halfway caved in um, and I still see her face now. She, she's one of the faces that I can pretty much describe... I, uh, I've never I, I've seen one dead body in my time and unfortunately that was my best friend and it was he died and then it was the open casket in Tank DJ Tank God rest his soul and to see that and that still flashes up in my mind all the time so but you must just go through you must because we haven't mentioned the fact because you are the, known as a snake guy but you do so much more than that you, the ambulance stuff you're out there all the time the, the ambulance stuff is, is probably 70, 80 times more than the snake stuff. But the, the, the snake stuff gathers more attention because it it's is. a little bit out there. Yeah. It, it's, it's the white guy that runs around catching snakes, um, which is, for me, quite funny because it just seems normal. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but the ambulance stuff, yeah, it's, it's, had, a, it's had a real... It's, it's, it's impacted my life quite dramatically. So it just in terms of you start out to help provide a service for other people that are here, not start it, but you joined it and yeah, got involved yeah. in it, right? So, okay, so how does that help us here? 
God forbid one of us is in an accident and need, who do we call? What, how, what is the process here? Because you're right, you don't see ambulances like hospital ambulances here. It's a, it's, it's like a firefight for which one can get there first. It's luckily not so bad anymore. Each uh, foundation has their areas. So the Kunsun Tam has Patong, let's say. They've got whole of Patong. Sorry, but I'm going to have to stop you. I have no idea what you mean by this. Is there different? I just thought that the ambulance. It's not the ambulances from the hospitals. Ah, oh, independent so foundations. I, I... So the procedure normally is you will, if you call, let's say, 1669 and ask for an ambulance, initially, you could be sent uh, one of the volunteers on a motorbike. If he's closest with a first aid kit, he could be the first guy there, or girl could be the first one and there. And they're all volunteers. Volunteers. You could get a paid ambulance. It depends who's where and when. So your first point of call is going to be with either one of the foundations or one of the volunteers from the foundation. And when you say these are foundations, what do you mean by that? Uh, they all work. They they like all charity the setup, charities. Right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. Well, I've been educated. Well, it's got to start somewhere. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Yeah. So once uh, they've been out week? to you. It depends what comes next. If it's uh, a code red or code black, you'll then get a doctor and a nurse from a local hospital in an ambulance coming out to you. Which one's worse, code red or code black? Uh, code black. Black, black's dead. Red is getting close to black. Uh, so wow. my question is, if it's code black, do you really need to worry about the doctor? Because... <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. Yes, <definitely> because <laughs> even if it's a code black, we've still got to work on them until the doctor says stop we're legally not allowed to pronounce them dead. Right, so okay. the doctor has to come there. So it's in everyone's best interest. They come down sooner rather than later to take over. And in oh, terms no. of these, the fact that there's this bit that bends my noodle a bit here in terms of these foundations. These are all volunteers essentially, right? Um, there's paid staff. There, so yeah, there will be some paid staff, but largely volunteers. There's, there's a good proportion of volunteers, yeah. So it's, but it's, who funds it? Is it uh, private funding, government funding? Private, people will make right. donations. Right, so we've got different, and just in Phuket, how many foundations are there that provide this service? Five? I know of four, but you could right. write five, it could right, be more. Right, okay, so call it four or five, whatever. Four independent services, but there's, not that there's competition. Um, I mean, going back a few years, you could probably argue there probably was a, some healthy competition, right? So, yeah, which is just bizarre, because yeah. that completely goes against what you got into it for in the first place, which is, we're here to help. Yes. We're not here to fight over who takes that body to which hospital for what yes. benefit. Can I just ask, I'm, I'm completely still confused, but that's just normal for me. If an ambulance grabs a person from an accident and they take it to hospital, do they get something? Like a bonus. <laughs> I, I'm unaware of no, any no, of this. Yeah, I, no. I don't know. But then how, why is there so many different, found, why isn't there just one ambulance foundation why is there four or five and why isn't the local government if not, if funding it to have a system in place and if they're not getting anything out of it if it's not a race to who gets there for, like in america i think used to you know you get whoever got it first could go and then i don't know if that's true or not I'm, maybe i'm making this up about america but if they get there first and take them to the hospital they might get the hospital no, say, I mean, well done no, but you've got you've got you've got paramedics and you have a, a government system in place that where you call a number a ambulance paramedic whatever will come to you i just don't i'm confused why it works like that or maybe it's because no it's idea. one of the many things in thailand <laughs> that are slightly left of middle and confusing okay well look, look it's amazing work you must be on call 24 7 then I, I i try to be if people need me i wow. I, I try and do what i can to help people I'm so and pleased in, i have your number now and in, I really ter in, in terms of that need um so what sort of things are you getting called out 
for? I mean, are people like saying, I've just had a motorbike accident, can you come and help me? Or is it the foundation saying, can you come and assist us with It, XYZ, it, it depends on the situation. So the last call out I did was to two tourist police guys who in Patong having issues with an American guy, either having a, a psychosis or quite badly on drugs. So they called me out to try and deal with him. Um, and he got the treatment he needed Knock quite quickly. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> fortunately with an injection yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I suggested to the doctor that he was restrained and uh, uh, sedated for his own safety to see if it is drugs or, or psychosis either which one he needed to be um, sedated until we could yeah. work out what was going on okay and don't take this the wrong way but what no but oh. no no there was you've got police that are there yep was there a doctor or any sort of medical nope. staff? Right, so just them. With respect, why are they calling you? Because you're not a trained medic. You're not a doctor. So why are they not I, calling I a got... hospital and staff there? And I, I, I think I know the answer because you're probably the more qualified person to go in and do it. But it more, for me, belies the fact that the system just really isn't in place here. Two, two factors. One, I've got the language skills. And I've got You're the from ex- Manchester. Behave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pleased he laughed there. He's a big chat, Russ. Right? I know there's two of us, but he, he has snakes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 good point well made. Yeah. So I have got the language I'm still skills. Fucking right. <laughs> yeah, completely. I'm not going to disagree. Yeah. I've, I've got the language skills and I've also got the experience. I've spent seven years. Um, as a foreigner, I can't get any ratings here with the ambulance service. Sure. So I'm not allowed to be a first responder in EMT and EMR, whatever it is. But I, I've got the respect and the, I, I would say time served that they trust and... They know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, and doctors are always going to make their own final decisions. But once I'd had 25, 30 minutes with a guy, I, I knew something wasn't quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I explained this to the doctor. He was quite happy to, to go with that because he couldn't he was struggling to find out what was going on with the game do you still enjoy it after seven years of doing it i do it's uh it's always interesting i'm not a fan of the dead bodies they come thick and fast but most of the jobs i enjoy because there's a lot of variety um and you get to see some really weird stuff and before we move on oh sorry russ well not just in terms of that I, i was if i had to hazard a guess i would say the bulk of this is road traffic rta's uh, they're quite common. The, 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 the interesting ones for me is where it's a more technical rescue. So we had a couple of song crowns ago of a Russian guy that fell through two or three roofs and made it into a dive centre in Patong. Uh, and it was kind of a technical rescue where it took quite a few people to, to get in there, get him bored and get him out. So huh. they're, they're the jobs we actually, I don't enjoy, but if we had a choice, it's, yeah. That goes back to the whole... How the fuck did he do that? Yes. Right. <laughs> well done for doing that because it's all volunteer. Yep. It's, it's amazing. So, you know, good job. Thank you for that because without people like you, the world won't go round, would it not? Or is that God? Oh, to be fair, it probably Am I putting you in the same... I have. I've just put you in the same line as God. I, I think no it, pressure. I, I think the world would carry on spinning. I think the ambulance service would carry on moving. It just makes it a lot easier a lot of the time to have um, somebody who looks the same, speaks the same language, or speaks a common language. How good's your tie? Uh, I, I know a bit. Okay. I, can, I can understand more than I can speak. Okay. Um, but it's, it's more about these guys now trust me when I make a call. 
because right. uh, I watched them and followed them for so many years. Yeah. But they. Yeah, so if, basically, if, if it's a Thai person, it's, you're less likely to get a call to come and help for that. I, I'll just sit in the back seat and help them where I can. Right. I, I just fetch, carry, stretcher, backboard. I will yeah. do whatever I need to do. And being a big guy, you could probably just pick the tires up like that. Throw them in the back of the ambulance. Not you'd throw them in the back of the ambulance, <laughs> by the way. That's, I shouldn't say that. But also, but to joke to aside, as a kind of a more of a, a big guy, because you are, and I don't mean... Yeah, yeah. But you are quite stocky as well, and you kind of, you know, the shaven head and stuff. If you do get the people down in Patong who have had a drinky poos or whatever they've been doing up their nose, whatever, your whole build to calm them down must help as well. That has two effects. Yeah, I'm going to agree. It can, it can be a real trigger factor yeah. and it can be a calming factor. So normally, guys on girls, girls on guys, we try for. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm so sorry. If you hadn't laughed, I was going to let that, I was going to let that one go. I was totally going to let that one go. I blocked the brain and yeah, I said, don't sorry. say it, Jay. Don't say don't, it, Jay. Don't, don't say yeah. it, Jay. I, I, I will reiterate on this one yes. just before the kids start. So, <laughs> giggling like little schoolgirls. So, so what we say about that is, and, and I'm sure Russell agree, back in the day when you worked the door, uh, a two foot nothing girl can calm down a six foot giant that's on a, a rampage. 100%. Um, and same when it comes to girls, a, a, a six foot guy can calm down a, a two foot girl just because of its different emotions and it's a different way of looking at it. Um, I try and keep calm and I'm not going to lie, there's a few times I've lost my patience because people are just um, a little bit silly when they go on the loopy it's a bit juice. careless when you're working with an ambulance, you lose the patient. We'll see you in a minute, you know? <laughs> Quite good, Russ. Yeah. That's quite good. I might leave that one in for you. <laughs> he could lose it, like yeah, the patient. Yeah, yeah. Answer, yeah. Um, still no snakes. Well, we're getting there. So, okay. <laughs> after a few good months of working in the ambulance and spending lots of time with the guys, uh, we get a call one night and we all jump in the ambulance. And I'm still learning radio codes, and I'm I'm not I'm not sure what's going on. So I'm in the back. The lights aren't going, the sirens aren't going, so it's, it's normally a run to 7-Eleven for some snacks or family <laughs> mart or somewhere. So, I, by now, oh, oh, snack. Oh, awesome. Family mart, 7-Eleven. <laughs> my, my, my. Where? Big C? Tesco? My, my, snack. McDonald's? Snake? Chai, 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 snake! And uh, I've got other wiggly, worldly arms showing that it's a snake. And what was your thought at that point, other than oh fuck? I, I, I needed a change of pants. Yeah. <laughs> Not going to lie. And, and it only gets worse when we get to the building. And I hear it's a snake that's around five meters long. Sorry, five meters. Meters. Okay. Python? It was a yeah. python. They're pretty friendly. No, they're not. <laughs> Especially not the wild ones. <laughs> So, in a cartoon fashion, I'm getting pushed in the door. Put the big guy first. <laughs> White guy, big guy, you go first. Like most things in the ambulance, they find it funny first time round. Yeah, yeah. When it's the first time, they, they can sense it. And you'd never, ever, ever, ever seen, ever. touched, looked, apart from movies, and no. And what, uh, what was the issue? Was, it just, was there a person that had been... It was in somebody's house. Okay, that was all. And we had to get it out of the house. Oh, yeah. But we had to look for it first because they'd lost this five-meter python in their house. How do you lose a five-meter python? I mean, I've lost my car keys. If you go into it. somebody's houses, it's very easy to understand why you lose yeah. stuff in there. Actually, that's um, what I made. I've seen his house. 
Fair point. <laughs> Fortunately, it wasn't there. So it had gone in and gone out and it had disappeared. And at that moment... That's almost but, worse though, isn't it? But hold on, hold on. Are you prodding? Are you looking? How are you looking? You oh, never... we spent 45, 50 minutes. I, I'm just going to have a flashlight looking under anything. Is it dark at this time? Yes. There's a small light, but it's not very bright. And you, you're trying to look under stuff. And, uh, and you... this is one of the uh, local tie house? Yes. And oh what are you, what's your thought process at this moment? Look, here I am on my little flat, my mag light under a fucking sofa. What happens if I find this thing? You see, because I wasn't going to find it. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I did not see that. <laughs> I will look under this table. Shh, buddy, I've got you. We'll look under here. The way, the way I was looking for it, I would have never it. seen it. Yeah, it's not an open space, not a problem. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So just, yeah, it's not around my feet. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Boys, I'm good. Yeah. Go check over there. I think yeah, I yeah, see yeah. over there. Yeah, you look in that room, lads. I, I'll, I'll look here. Yeah. So after about 45 minutes, the, the boys decided it wasn't there and we left. Which actually is an amazement because subsequently they normally spend about five minutes looking. I think it was a, a, a nice welcome to the game to me to spend so long looking for it. I think they were hoping to actually find it. Just to uh, see your reaction. Yeah, to, to see how quickly I can Aww. run. He's a big guy. Let's see how quick he can get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> um, Russell. Hello, Jay. I went to the hospital with my ankle. Well, I'd like to think you took it with you. It's attached to you. I see what you did there. It's quite amusing. <laughs> but no, you know I've had a bad ankle for a long time. Yes. Because I fell over feeding yes. the rabbit. Yes. Well, what? sorry, is that a euphemism? No, did you not know that's how I, I hurt it? I fell over feeding the rabbit. I that's, was putting the rabbit food. No, 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 no. That's just, don't, I don't need pictures. Just move on. Okay. So anyway, it's been hurting for some time. So I went to the hospital. Right. Spoke to the doctor. Yes. And he said that I've got a torn or... He said, actually, it was a, a, a serious tear of a ligament in my ankle. That's, that's quite painful, Jay. It was very painful. Right. And still is painful. Okay. Um, and then he asked me to have an MRI scan. Okay. 15,000 baht. Okay. I mean, you've got insurance though, right? Sorry? You've got insurance though, right? No. So I said no to it. Okay. Um, but he already said that I've got a torn ligament. So why do I need to go and spend 15,000 baht on a... Just to prove the point, I mean, he might have been wrong. It might have been like a, a, a there's like a grade one tear. The thing is, is if, it could have been if a, I'd showed him, if I have insurance, then they're just going to do everything and then they're going to fix it quicker. I might as well just not bother with the MRI scan, not bother with listening to the doctor and just let it, it will heal itself naturally in time. As long as you've got a couple of crystals at home to rub of an evening, then yes. So you think I should have medical insurance? Yes. But what about the kids? What do you mean, what about the kids? Do they have insurance? Um, no. Not medical uh, insurance. Well, but, but they've got their, I mean, they're... I mean, they're young, they're healthy. What could possibly go wrong, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I was just thinking, just, you know, randomly, for, you know, want of a better example, they sort of take after daddy, right? They What, they, and fall over when feeding the rabbit and tear their ligament in their ankle? Yeah, or they do a safety bob video and go flying down a slip and fly and oh, land badly. They don't need medical insurance. I've got to be honest here, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're being a bit of an idiot. But dun, you... dun, dun, stun silence. I know, I know, but you really should get some insurance. What about, but I don't have anything. I don't have house insurance. I don't have business insurance. Is, is there such a thing as business insurance? There is. I'd recommend it, but that's another story. What about fire? I don't have any, what about stuff? Holiday. Do you, do you, do you get holiday insurance? Yes. 
I've never done it. And you've been lucky. As and I, to be honest, you're not alone. I would argue there's a lot of people out there that don't have medical insurance, life insurance, health insurance, car insurance. That's another one. Um, house insurance, fire insurance, business insurance, or any insurances. And up until this particular point, if they've never needed any of it, they've been what we call lucky. So you're saying I should go and get insurance? Yes. Uh, medical insurance, yes. Because if God forbid, whether you believe in him or her or it or not, if something happened, like you bent over to feed the rabbit and fell out a window three floors up, I don't know why you would because you live on the ground floor. But just for argument's sake, there was a big hole outside your window that some idiot had dug and hadn't told you about. And you fed the rabbit, fell out the window down the hole and broke something or a number of things. You would have to go to Hopital and you would have to stay in Hopital. And Hopital is expensive. Like really expensive. Like, oh my God, okay, expensive. All right, all right. So where do I get insurance from? If I was you, mate, and you were looking for some insurance. And again, I really... Really, really suggest you go and get some medical insurance. The best place to go, bar none, would be Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers. We segue this all right into a proper advert now. I don't care. I'm past the... I don't care if this is an ad or not. You need to get medical insurance. End of. I really don't have medical insurance. I know you really don't. And you really need to. Insert cow noise here, idiot. Don't swear. I didn't. I inserted a cow noise over it. Okay, I'll go and get insurance. Go and get medical insurance. It's really boring, I know. Go What's to Lam- the website? Lambertbrothers.co.th. And they do everything, I think. I'm fairly confident they do the plethora, cha, big word for you, look it up, of insurance cover for you. At very, very least, go and get medical insurance. Should we get back to the podcast? Uh, we can get back to the podcast if you like. I would just reaffirm to you to go and get medical insurance lambertbrothers.co.th try that thanks mate you're welcome anyway we've got a podcast to do let's do that alright cheers bye bye my ankle still hurts by the way and at that point there I decided like most things in my life education is a really smart idea uh, and I went down and did a, a story down at one of the snake farms in Shillong with one of the news outlets they did a video um, where I basically learned how to handle king cobras, monocle cobras, pythons, pretty much all the dangerous stuff that could bite. And that was just a, a, a lesson they put on or an education? I did it myself. Okay. I, I, I found, what do you mean you did it yourself? I, I found a snake farm, mm-hmm. I found a trainer, and I jumped in with a ring and we... And we, you said, right, teach me how to do this? Yes. Wow. Teach and me about these snakes, teach me what they do, how they act. Um, how do I act with them? Yeah, the right? whole... Yeah. And how long did that take? I've got I was in there for about two or three hours. I was going to say, this is like a day thing, right? Yeah. Which bends my noodle. Um, and, and quite quickly, I learned a lot already from what the, the snake guys teaching me. In, um, I mean, I could, I could tell you an awful lot about dogs, learning theory, uh, and, and dog psychology, and all of that. But there's a lot to it, without being sort of twee about it. Yes. On a comparative level, there must, um, there must be a fair amount of psychology for want of a better term dealing with snakes and or behavior and understanding and reading movements and i'm going to kill my reputation say i think snakes are relatively easy to deal with but they're quite primitive yes it's very black and white pretty much yeah don't be so racist there's green ones and there's yellow (laughs) in fact there's a yellow belly snake that i saw mating the other day don't be racist um (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm not going to do that no, joke. No, no I'm not going to do um, it. I'm not going to do it. Wrong yeah. country. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, uh, right podcast, just wrong country. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I would agree that yeah, they're pretty basic. Dare I say that? Um, but there's, I'm, I'm guessing some subtle um, body language or movements that they must display. That again, like dogs, very much so. Body language is massive. So, and people always say, oh, the dog just bit someone out of the blue. It's never out of the blue. There's a lot of body signals and shaping and movements that to the untrained eye wouldn't see, but to someone that knows a little bit about it, say, yeah, I could, I could see this coming. Is it the same with snakes? Other than like with a cobra, it's fairly fucking obvious when they're pissed. No, and I think in the nice way possible, you've got the stereotypical attitude. Yeah, no, I'm sure I um, do. Cobras and king cobras... They're probably the the most polite politer snakes we've got on the island. Yeah. They will stand up and they will talk to you to say, "I'm here." Yeah, leave me alone. Please leave me alone. Yeah, no, I so, agree. So with that. this this is majority in uh, defense mm-hmm. um, to a point where they will fake strike with a closed mouth. Yep. So they will strike backwards and forwards. They've got no intentions of biting. Yep. They're just it's self preservation. Please, Which is exactly the same in a large group with dogs that they will air snap. Right? So, and people say, oh, I, I move my hand away quickly. It's like, no, if the dog wanted to bite, it would bite. Yes. It's quicker than you are. Same with the snake. Yeah. But it's just, it's a warning shot. Like, you're in my space. Yes. You're in my circle. Please fuck off. Yes. But then you get the kings that will do a defensive uh, lunge forward yeah. and they will come forward stood up, which yeah. is quite intimidating, but really cool to see. Um, I, I found in, in my few years of doing this that non venomous snakes are more likely to bite you than a venomous one. I'm so pleased I have a non-venomous snake in my house, then. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. Yeah. Wild, non-venomous snakes. Okay, good. Yeah. That's lucky. Because yeah. Vinny and I met last week or the week before a, a first day training that he was doing, and we was talking about the whole snake things. And I was talking about... I had the same question, yeah. Russ, about, look, I'm petrified of snakes. My daughter has a snake. I'm scared, senseless of this snake in the house. But then we were talking about the tongue licking and the way it is. And, and once you start to understand... The culture of snakes is that a good term? I've just made. I, I think I think the personal snakes' uh, personality is the the more important thing to watch here. Do snakes have personalities? personalities? I, I believe so. Yeah. So so I've got I've got four snakes. Um, when you say you've got four snakes, I have four snakes. So I've got Goliath, who's four meters long and about thirty kilos. Uh, I call him my big baby because he does lots of talking and lots of noises where people um, assume he's angry and upset and he's going to bite everybody and actually he's just been a big baby sorry what actually, flavor snake is he actually breathes a bit like he that. is a burmese a burmese, burmese python. python yes okay and i have a question okay. i'm sorry yeah. no, talk about your four so you've got one burmese python they're all burmese they're just different types so glass large one the next one is medusa medusa is a darker <laughs> colored uh burmese python uh she's got quite a bad attitude if she's left in the light for too long. So she prefers being in dark spaces for a longer period of time. She definitely, she's a little bit grumpier when she's in the light. So I know how she's going to be her personality. Uh, Honey is a Burmese hypomorph. Excuse um, me. Exactly. I know about morphs because Zahara, my daughter, teaches me about different morphs and spider it's, morphs and It's different breeds. It, they've been bred What's in different ways. Plasticine, exactly. Um, inbreeding, not inbreeds, the wrong word. Um, 
they create they breed different snakes together to create new styles of snake or new um, okay. markings yeah, and like stuff dogs. same as yeah, yeah same as dogs and chip you can change the markings the colorings the colorations yeah. uh, there's there's lots you can change in there so she's she's uh, she's got quite an interesting personality uh, she scares a lot of people because she likes going to she's ears. Four meters long. No, no. Uh, <laughs> Honey is only two meters. Oh, that's all right then. <laughs> and Medusa's two and a half meters. Uh, but Honey likes ears, so she will. She freaks people out by going to the ears, and she'll start talking to you, and people can't deal with that. And then JJ, my smallest, is a a, a, a leucistic, all yellow with black eyes. You can get treatment for that. Exactly. <laughs> She can't, though. I can't um, spell either, to be fair. <laughs> so leucistic just means he's got black eyes. If she had pink eyes, she'd be an albino. Okay. Um, but Do the, they all get on? Uh, honey and JJ get I on. Don't, I don't mean that in a tweak. I mean, generally, uh, like... And Medusa, but Medusa doesn't like the light. So okay. if I could have them all in darkness, it'd all be quite happy together. I mean, are, are snakes social creatures in that respect? Are they more aloof and independent? In the wild, they're probably more independent apart from cobras, which tend to have the nest. Yes. So a lot of the wild pythons will be solo. Um, I want to jump ahead, or not jump ahead, I want to move on a little bit, because I just want to, you to answer some questions sure. that, that, that people have, and, and, my, and, and the questions that I have as well, and try to put people's... Um, Minds at ease. Yeah, but also educate a little bit more, because I was and always thought that a king cobra was the most scariest, horriblest nastiest snake in the whole wild world in, in Asia apart from I, I, I'd agree with about. the scary bit um, but when we talked you and I said to you what's your favourite snake your answer was King Cobra and then you also educated me the fact that King Cobras are actually really really important and they're the ones we want to keep in Phuket yes and not the ones that we want to get rid of yes they, they are a snake eater so they will happily eat on monocle cobras, smaller pythons. They will eat normal stuff like chicken and lizard and stuff, but they, they will happily go after other snakes and become a pest controller. And the monocle cobras... Apex predator, in that term. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. A bit like me, Russ. Apex. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and <laughs> don't you two look at each other and roll your eyes like that. Um, but the monocle cobras are the ones that people are mainly seeing in their houses and stuff. It's a pest. So the monocle cobras... Uh, generally, they're, they're more found in houses because they go looking for rats' nests. Rats' nests enlarge by people's houses because yeah. they've got a, a source of heat, a source of food, so on. So the, the monocle will go along, eat the rat, take up residence, and then have babies. And they have about 20 babies a year from the research I've done. And they're the ones, that, like we said, I mean, that's the one I found in my house. And they're a pest. Yeah. And unfortunately, sadly, I had to kill the one that was in my house, but we won't... Well, yeah, it was, a, but that was a baby one. But are they still? The They're still dangerous. Yeah, yeah. But there's no, there's there's lots of myths and rumours about they can't control their um, venom uh, output. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna debunk this right away. I got uh, bitten by a, a juvenile monocle cobra maybe six oh, months this ago. This is a great story. Well, no, it's not a great story. He got bit, by the way. Still alive. Great. That's the, a great bit. The snake guy got bit. It was brilliant. Yeah. It's not the first time and it won't be the last time. Yeah. Um, so I was called to my little old Thai lady neighbor's house. She's got a cobra in a uh, garden. So they're quite small. So it's very hard to, to grab them by the tail. So I, I secured the head on the ground. And rule number one, don't get distracted. And she kept talking to me. 
and I turn my head. And as I turn my head to the right 90 degrees, uh, my whole body twisted, allowing my index finger to move up the side of the snake's mouth and just allow the, the, the fang to go bang into the end of my finger. Uh, ignoring my second rule, which is if you get bitten by a snake, drop, go to hospital and do what you need to do. I continued searching around the house for any more snakes, just in case she had any more lying around. Put the snake in a bottle, uh, got myself with... I'm guessing a big, not like an Emory Hearthead bottle. <laughs> oh, a big water bottle. Yeah. <laughs> this thing's about six inches. Yeah. So it wasn't so small. Uh, well, well. <laughs> let me tell you about six inches. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going there because all, all my jokes will go the wrong way. So um, I called a, a Thai medical officer friend. They got in the car with me, went to Vashira, and they called ahead. Got to Vashira. Can I ask, why did you go to Vashira? Uh, I got suggested by a, a different Thai medical officer that is the best place to go. Um, but in a case of emergency, go to your nearest hospital. They will get into an ambulance wherever you need to be. Because there is some specialist snake doctors that wherever they are, they'll make sure you get to the right place. And it, just sorry, on that note, is it not also about who actually has some anti-venom? The shearer de- shear definitely has. But if you go to the nearest hospital and they don't have it, they'll they've got a off. wonderful thing called an ambulance and yeah. they can normally get through traffic a bit quicker. Yeah. <laughs> you, you've got about 60 minutes okay. from the point of uh, you're bitten to the point where you are no longer. Well, uh, you're still bitten, but... Yeah, you're you're yeah. <laughs> you're no longer with the living. Yeah. Okay. So you went to the hospital. Yep. Disappointed a whole load of people. I got greeted by a couple of consultants, some doctors, nurses. It was about ten of them all there waiting for me. And when I jump out of the car with a big smile on my face and they ask who's been bitten and I put my hand up, they all got really upset and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> they were expecting you on death door. Yeah, they were expecting uh, a whole lot worse. And I, I'm sorry that I upset them. Uh-huh. So I then had to sit down at reception. And she's saying, what did you get bitten by? Muhal, Cobra, are you sure? This argument goes on for five minutes. Are you sure? Yes. <laughs> Backwards and forwards. Snake guy in Phuket, love. <laughs> so I did one better. I got my friend to get the snake from the along. car yeah. in the ball, plopped it on the desk, waved my hand, it stood up. It's a monocle cobra. Uh, I think she needed a, cha- a yeah. change of pants <laughs> right about there and then. <laughs> She's like, you bring the snake that bite you? Yes. Yeah, just so we can be sure. I was sure already, but I'm going to release it later. And she just looked at me strange. Yeah. Um, and then I was observed for three hours. I, I either took a dry bite or a very, 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 very teeny tiny bit of venom so going on to the point that babies can't control the venom output is a complete lie because if they couldn't control the venom output i should probably be dead and or have lost my left hand just in terms of then the output if it's a small snake versus a large snake is there a, a mass is there a big quantity difference in the amount of venom that oh sure get? the adults yeah. have got bigger glands so yeah. they, they are going to be able to produce but they can also control it they, they say they can control it better okay so i the, the misunderstanding may be that uh, a juvenile will spend all its venom, which right. is a very small amount, compared to an adult that will only spend a little bit of a large amount. Gotcha, okay. Um, so it's got a backup just in case. Yeah. yeah. So, so don't get me wrong, only three or four days ago, uh, one of the Thai snake handlers in, in Phuket had to have his leg amputated after a, a monocle cobra bit him. He got bitten on the knee. One of the ambulances I knew um, 
picked him up, obviously knew I was crazy into snakes, told them the story, and then the next day came back and said, yeah, they've, uh, they've chopped his leg off. As a snake, one of the... One of the snake farms, as in the shows. Yeah, yeah okay. It, it I've got never been in. to one. I have to say, I've never been to one. I've, I've got no Yeah, I went to one when I first came here. But. Um, just some advice for people if they do see a snake. What, what should they do? So, so for example, I'll tell you my story. So, so middle of the night, 12 o'clock, I wake up, I walk into my house or into my lounge. I see <laughs> the baby. I wake up and walk into my house. I know. <laughs> I was out late last we're, night. We've all been there. <laughs> Made it to the garden. (laughs) At that time, I've got my my daughter's got the snake, and it's in in its in its tank in its terrarium, whatever you want to call it, and it's on a a bookshelf. And this this baby cobra was right by on the ground, and I thought it was going to go into the bookshelf. I woke my daughter up at midnight to get her to get the baby no to get her to (laughs) deal with this. (laughs) But I got her to at least watch what while I was going to try to get the snake out. That was my intention was to try to shepherd it somehow and i was using a big plastic box to shepherd it out the door unfortunately we got close to the back door and then it decided that it didn't want to come out and it kind of jumped up i say lunged at me it probably didn't it probably just did something the movement the scared movement yeah. scared the bejeevas yeah. out of me scared the bejeevas out of zahara so then my only answer was to get the plastic sweepy what's it called plastic sweepy thing the plastic sweepy thing and then use it as an axe and, and, and trust me, if anyone wants to use it as an axe, don't, because it's a shit axe. <laughs> but all I, I mean, I just, and, and sadly, I just, just went it, to town on it. I just went to town on it. And it, it destroyed the plastic thing, but I think the amount of times that I hit it, the poor thing, and then I took it, I kind of shepherded it outside, kicked it outside, and then put a spade for its, its head. I feel really bad about it, but... They are I, a I pest. Had, it was a pest, and I was in a position where it's either, if it gets behind that bookshelf... It's gone. I ain't going to find it. And I've got two young kids in the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mess around. I, 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 there's means and times when sometimes yeah. the only option is to do that. Uh, not when it's in your garden just walking past, like I've had in the last few days, but when it's in your house and you have a real fear, and it is a real fear, these things can kill you. Um, I, I agree, sometimes drastic measures need to be taken. But what... If I'd seen that snake and it was daytime and I didn't have two young kids and I didn't have a snake in my own snake, what, how do I deal with that? Yeah, situation? what would what, what I do? Put a box over it, like a, just a okay. plastic tub. Box. Just, yeah, so I'd, I've heard that either a box or even a towel. Don't use but, a towel because it can get out of it. Try, yeah. try and get a box, ideally something plastic, something uh, a, a black bin, something that's got um, a seal to the ground yeah. as such. Okay. Literally put that over it, put a weight on top of it, call me and I'll remove it. Okay. But in terms of just, yeah, just, let's say I've got my plastic Tupperware box. Yep. And I'm approaching the snake. Yep. And we've already discussed it. As I'm approaching the snake, he, if it would, he rears up. Yep. And he's not jumping at me. That's going to freak most people out. I mean, so, that's going to freak me out. So I, I, and in the back of my mind, well, Vinny said this is going to be okay. So I have actually done a couple of videos on my page to show people how to do this in a safe manner. I'm guessing it's very slow and steady wins the race. Uh, yeah, so As you just... Sort of throwing it and hoping for the best. <laughs> use the box to cover your feet. So you put the, the, the part of the box in front of your feet on the ground. Yep. So you've then got protection to your feet. And as you move it towards it, it'll rear up their death. So they're going to be watching... Yeah, what, the, sorry? Their death. Okay. Sorry, what? What are you saying? So they're going this to be watching. Is, stop, this is really good advice. We, we, we're messing around and people can die, Russell, and you're making silly death jokes. <laughs> people die every day. All That's right. Yeah. 
and, and, if, and if somebody would know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so the snake will be watching the object that you're going to trample over it and it, see it as a predator, so it's going to be defending itself from it. And by the time it's realized anything, it's in a dark environment and it will go to sleep in the box. And then it'll wake up when I come remove it. Which is easier said than done, but I think it is great advice. Yeah. You know, rather just, than panicking. And if you can use a large square box, that makes it a lot easier. You can protect your feet and it's really quite yeah. easy. Um, if you check out the page, Snake Guy Phuket, you'll see the videos on there. And that's I, on the Facebook. So yeah. Snake Guy Phuket on Facebook to go I've, and check it I've out. I've done a couple of videos where I, I've shown people how to do this. Okay, my question, and this is not for... This is not for the public to try, but when you then tootle along, and I said, look, here's my, there's my cobra under that box. I've shat myself over, but I've done it. How do you then, and, I, and I've seen this, um, a tiger came onto a, a funny story, went to a client's house, snake in the bathroom. They'd locked it in the bathroom, put a towel under the door, told the guy to go in there and get it. So he opens the door. Yeah, fine. Comes up with the snake in, in his hand, puts it in a bag and fucks off. There two little terriers came barking out of the kitchen at the guy and he shat himself, which I thought was brilliant. But anyway, how do you then walk into the room or put your hand under that bucket and say, come on, son, come on in, mate. I'll take care of you. So, so I'm already aware what's under the box because they've already told me. It's a fucking me. snake, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, because most snakes you wouldn't be able to catch under the box. So this only really works with cobras and king cobras because of the fact they stand there and stand up. Yep. They don't run. So this is, I can already, I already know what I'm expecting to find right, under the okay, box. Gotcha, yeah. uh, and then I know what I'm going to do. And that is I'm going to take the box off as quickly as possible. The snake will jump up into its defensive mode. Yeah. I'm then going to get its attention. And I'm going to use my foot as the attention. So I'm going to wiggle my foot and it's going to watch my foot, which means it's not going to move. I then see, see how big the snake is. Is it one where I can quickly grab the tail and just pull it up? Is it one I'm going to have to lock the head for a second, grab the tail, and hold it by the tail? Because most snakes, when you hold it by the tail, if they try to come back up at you, if you kind of do a yo-yo effect, it brings the head back down and it's, it's a safe snake. And a lot of the videos I've seen has been exactly that. People coming along just calmly picking up the tail of the snake and lifting it and moving off. And I just kind of think, uh... <laughs> it, it, has its, it has its advantages. A, a, a bigger cobra, I would say using the hook and the tail. So you can control the head. I've got Bree here. I'm just going to grab his tail. <laughs> Don't grab poor Bree's tail. <laughs> Lift him up by the tail. He's she. He. What? I know. Um, what's worse, a cobra or a python? Python. See, I bet you didn't expect that, uh, listener, because Russell was about to say he did. Well, no, I, I would have put it as a 50-50. I've been bitten so many times by pythons. And are they, oh, that's, that's a good question in terms of being venomous, non-venomous, poisonous, Pe poison and venom. Okay. Easy, easy answer. Ingestion, injection. Yeah. Okay. Poison is ingested. Yeah. Venom is injected. Okay. So potentially it's safe to eat uh, venom and potentially it's safe to inject poison, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't do either which. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so poison Can has Can I just say, please, children listening, do not eat or drink venom or poison. Stick yeah. to drugs. Yeah, you know, weed's legal now. <laughs> you can have weed, it's all right. It's legal now. So. Well, only medical, and only if you're Thai. Okay. And you've been released from prison if you were arrested on drug yeah, charges. Yeah, 4,000 people going, woohoo! Yeah. Let's go get stoned. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> For medical reasons snakes. only. 
Um, so, no, I, I've been bitten probably four, maybe five times by pythons. Uh, they've got 100 teeth, all inverted. And that means once they've got locked on, they're pretty much not letting go. Uh, my good friend Johnny, the, the snake whisperer, Thai guy, he took 19 stitches to save his life when a python took out his one of his main arteries in his arm. And are these Burmese pythons? Burmese or retics, reticulated. What's the difference between a Burmese and a reticulated python? Reticulated of the longest in the world, but to look at them, the retics have got um, a line down the head. So they've got a black line going from the, the snout over the head where Burmese don't have that line. And that's the only difference. And then the shape. Get, There's get some bigger. color sizes, some shape differences, but it's the easiest that's way to... fucking long. The longest one is uh, recorded 10 meters. Jesus. That's no, it was a snake. Yeah. <laughs> that's a hell of a snake. Oh my God. So, so by far, they're the, the, they are the more aggressive ones to deal with. And that's because they're, they're not venomous. So they will bite... Uh, quite freely. Okay. In terms of a, an, a again, more of a, a, what's the word? Myth or potential myth that snakes will avoid um, noise or noisy areas and what have you. They're but deaf. They they're deaf. Completely. But, but, but most people would say, oh, that they'll, they'll be fearful of you know, noise and commotion and activity and want to keep somewhere quiet. Maybe the activity, uh, their eyesight's not brilliant, but it's okay. So they will avoid contact with humans where possible. Mm. So if they see movement, they will try and stay away from it if they can. Okay. Um, a disclaimer now, none of the bits and pieces your Thai gardener or your local landscape gardener say is true, like your sulfur doesn't work. <laughs> Sulfur's a joke. Um, and all the other bits <laughs> and pieces. Uh, good housekeeping. Keep away the food source. Keep away your snakes. Yeah. And don't buy a snake and keep it in your house. That's probably a good idea as well. If you're or scared a bunny. Yeah. yeah, don't have a bunny rabbit. Yeah. And a snake. And a snake. Because only a, one's going to win. Yeah, and a hamster. It doesn't really help. So about it? the food source. Yeah. Well, actually, I do. I go and buy my fro frozen mice yeah. every week or so for my little snake. Yeah, it's incredible when they when they feed. I mean, you'll know. I mean, what you feed yours is probably bigger than my little tiny mouse, well, do don't you? Do you feed your pythons? Uh, Small children from next door. It's actually, it's really weird. Like uh, big baby Goliath, he will only eat uh, like macro chicken. Wagyu. <laughs> no, he, he has to be like the chicken thigh from uh, uh, macro. It has to be prepared raw chicken like that. Sometimes he'll have it warm, sometimes cold. Uh, Medusa's the same way. She will only eat uh, macro chicken. Now, JJ and Honey are a little bit more adventurous. They will eat full animals. So I found a few pet shops when their chickens die. As long as it's not got a virus, I can take the whole chicken, give it to them, they will take it in one. That's quite cool to see. Um, when you say <laughs> you have four snakes, they, they're freely in your house? Uh, at the moment, they're housed in one of the local vet hospitals. Uh, a couple of them have got like a cold, uh, and it's just a much, it's a cool place for people to see snakes and kind of see what's going on. But yeah, I had them roaming around my house. Goliath's the, the funniest one. Um, he thinks if he hides his head, his body's hidden. So there'll be like three meters of a yeah, snake hanging like out yeah, yeah. and he thinks he's well, well hidden. That's hysterical. hysterical. Oh, come on, boys. Good job. Well done. <sighs> what? But he, he's, he's, he's good. fantastic, he's, Jay. Well done. He's um, good fun to be around. He gets, he gets super stressed so easily. What happens when they poop? It's messy and it smells. So, but can you train him to go outside? Uh, 
you can, but you'll never see him again. <laughs> My so, snake actually does a little like um, a, I'll take a, for thumb, a, walk. a thumb size. Sahara takes Loki for a walk. Yes, but Loki's wrapped around her arm. Well, she'll let it go on the grass and just we'll just walk with it on the grass. It won't walk with her. It'll just go and it likes to experience grass and we should put it in the sand pit and stuff. I used to take him outside, yeah. So, so by the vet hospital, there's uh, some grass in some different areas. As long as you're keeping your eyes on them and you know where they're going, it's okay. It's when they disappear into grass, you'll never find them again. Yeah, because then it's like, hey, you know. Unless it's the yellow back. one. And the yellow one's super <laughs> easy to find. Yeah. Right, okay. Um, I... <laughs> What's wrong, Russ? Well, no, there's, Speechless. There's, well, no, there's, there's an obvious... You've got four big... What's the... Um, uh, what's, the what's the term? If you've got a wild python... Yep. What would their, their range be? The living slash hunting range? So I, They don't just hang around the tree and that's me, this is my home, this is my... There's lots of talk. So I'm only going to say that there's two snakes that hang around in one area. And that would be the cobras, the monocle cobras make a den. But also the female king, she will hang around in one area and then males will find her for mating. Uh-huh. Um, and then she will stick with the eggs. Now, this gets interesting because we've just discussed King yeah, Cobras and snakes. Yeah, well, this is the interesting <laughs> part. So, so you've Finally. Got, so you've got a cannibalistic parent with an arrange of snacks right under you waiting to hatch. <laughs> I love she, that look, Jay. I love it. No, Those but, eyes have gone wide. Yeah, but does she eat them then or when they hatch out or is she... Only if they piss her off. Yeah. No, she leaves around one to two weeks before hatching and doesn't go back. So she will hang with them for the whole time they're in the eggs, pretty much, fight off the whatever animals are trying to eat them. And then just before hatching, she most of the time she will leave. And then the king cobras, the babies are there to fend themselves. Wow. That is super cool. So she's got a maternal instinct. So she's there looking after the babies. But to her, that's like 7-Eleven yeah, she's yeah, sat yeah. on. Who's first? And they, she will actually get up and leave. So she will fight and defend them to the end, and then oh, she will Ashton, leave. apparently. Yeah, Ashton's first. He's tasty, Ashton. <laughs> well, the only reason, because I reckon, I said to him, I put him on the smoker and then smoke him for four hours because he's got quite skinny little arms and I just thought it's like a pork rib. Really you tasty. might want to put some backstory into this because you've just gone talking about oh, eating do we, king. Do we not talk about this online? On no. Air? Me about me so, eating so, my children. No. So, so oh, you've right. literally jumped in and said you're going to put your kid into a smoker and eat him. Oh, damn it. I'm going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> After jail. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, listen to the outro. I'll explain it then. Yeah. Don't um, forget. <laughs> Vinny, we, we're going to have to close this down because it, it's really incredible what you've done. One, uh, one no, quick no, question. On. No, one quick question, which we probably, we should do a separate thing, I think. On, and we talked off air about this, is the obvious big thing I think people would have is, what about my dog and snakes? How do I deal with that particular dynamic? So I'm going to ask you that question, because I've got a, a, a couple of ideas off the top of my head. But if people are asking you that, what's your response? Speak to Russell. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah, Russ, what's right, your response? Fair enough. Speak to Vinny. <laughs> I, I, I think on this note, um, me and Russell should probably put our heads together. Yeah. Uh, I've got. A, I, I've normally got a large amount of snakes at the moment. I'm holding four monocle cobras and a king cobra. But no, so, I think in terms of I mean, like, okay, Jay, you made the point. I've got a cobra in my house. I've got two kids. I, I, I need to. This has to be dealt with now. And this is the way I'm going to deal with it. Fine. And I think a lot of people that call you um, are probably the same thing. You know, my dog's you know attacking the snake, or my dog's bitten the snake, or the snake's bit my dog, or what have you. And, and and I've been through this myself. That if it's a, between me, or, 
my dog or the snake. It's the snake. It's the snake. Every day I, I, I agree with that. They are wild animal and uh, the dog are domesticated. And I, I, as much as I'm an advocate for snakes yeah, not yeah. being killed, I have to say if it, if it is a real choice between human or a, a pet, I, you, you have to take the fact that the snake is a wild one. Um, yeah. But at the same time, there are things that we can certainly do with our dogs. Uh, I mean, cats are a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I, know. I know. And that is for a separate I, podcast. I've left, <laughs> I've left that one as well. Don't worry. I'm trying to be you're very... On, you're on form today. Dare I, I say even professional. <laughs> well, I am trying to be professional because I'm actually super interested in the snake stuff. And I actually... Mate, just, I could talk about this all day. This no, I brilliant. know we could. And I agree. I think the dog and the snake thing is a conversation yeah, we should yeah. have on, on the, our, your podcast, yeah, yeah. on Bartcast. And maybe that's another conversation to have a separate time. Because I think it's really important because, yeah, I mean, obviously, Russ, you've been through it with a, a cobra biting mm. and, and, and unfortunately, you know, um, killing your dog. And I think a lot of people go through it. I'm not sure we can have the answer right now, but I do think you two should get together, not sexually, but in a well, you know. meeting the minds <laughs> and come up with an idea and come up with answers. I prefer blondes. I've done that before. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't match, does it? Mate? <laughs> mate? Doesn't match, mate. Um, any last tips? If people do see a snake, know what you're looking at. A lot of people will, <laughs> will will call and uh, freak out over a golden tree snake or a rat snake. Some of these are better in your garden to be a pest control than a monocle cobra. Um, so if you can allow the good ones to stay in there to do their job, it should keep the more dangerous snakes away. So that's just a little bit of education. Either send a message to me, send a message to a few different groups, find out what you're actually dealing with. If it's a king cobra, call me. I love them. I'll have so much fun uh, rescuing it. If it's a monocle cobra, again, call me. If it's a big python, call me. I don't care what it is. But try and just um, don't remove them because you feel like they're going to kill you because most of these snakes won't. And they're actually good to have around. And they, a lot of them won't bother your animals, won't bother you unless you get too close. Cool. Um, Vinny, thank you very much. Thank You're you welcome. for everything you do, volunteer-wise, and I, I, I mean that. Thank you. Because it's, it's you know, I'm, I, I'm shit at charity and volunteer stuff, and I hate it all. But, you know, <laughs> you need people like you that actually do put the effort in. Thanks, Vinny. Very welcome. Awesome. You're Cheers, awesome, dude. Vinny. Thanks, mate. No, Have a good, good one. <laughs> Cheers, Russ. Cheers, bye. Welcome to the outro. Did you enjoy that? I did, a lot. He's nice a, guy, isn't he? He's a lovely guy, fun guy. I mean, just, A, the story was good fun, but yeah, just, that was good. Okay. No, I like, I met him, like I said, I think it was about a week or two weeks ago um, at a first day training session. And oh, I'd, okay. I'd, I'd spoke to him on, online because we was trying to get, I'm trying to get a video. I want to do a video with him, which is, um, anyway, I'm going to talk about it, but there's, there's, there's that a- That sort of video. <laughs> the, yeah, there's a special video with hey. some big snakes in it. Um, but I met him for the first time, and I, after we did the first day training, I then sat down and talked to him for about an hour afterwards, just about snakes and about everything. Super, super cool guy, super, super nice, does loads of stuff for the, obviously for the ambulance staff and all that sort of stuff. That was amazing, that was very, very, I mean, I, I, I knew a little bit about it, but obviously I think like most people just know him as the snake guy. Vinny the snake guy, yeah, you don't know what, all this other stuff that he does, yeah. you know, he is basically dealing with all the... The, the the tourists who have the accidents, he's the one that goes there because they call on him. Yeah, I'm not sure how many foreign. I dread to think ambulance guys. No, oh, let right, me finish okay. the question or the statement before you say that because that hasn't worked out now. No, it hasn't. Because that, what do you mean? You dread to think that, that there's only him. Yeah. No, I'm. Yeah, was it? <laughs> I've forgotten now. Where the fuck is I this like outro come from? Yeah.
Oh, anyway, I, I should mention the reason I said about eating my son was because we had a conversation last night with my son and daughter about. When you say we, I say I had a conversation. They asked me if we was on a desert island, um, and there was nothing else to eat. Who would I eat them? Because Ashton was in the bed and he was—he said he looked like a hot dog because he was wrapped up like a hot dog. <laughs> and I said I'd eat him first. And then my daughter got upset because I said that I'd eat him first, and she wasn't as tasty as him. I tried to explain to her that she'd still be alive and he'd be dead, but she didn't get it. And then she was sad that I didn't want to eat her first. This was an excellent opportunity for you to put them onto Lord of the Flies. Oh, could do, couldn't yeah. I? Good one. Anyway, Vinny the Snake Guy will put his details because I think it's really, this is one that I really think people should have his number yeah, in their phone. Absolutely. You know, it, it should be, you should have certain numbers in your phone and one of the ones is a snake guy because... The snake guy. The snake guy because at the end of the day, everyone that lives in Phuket is going to come across a snake. At some point. Absolutely. And I, and I love the fact that it was, it sounded really simplistic that, yeah, I decided I wanted to learn about snakes, went and saw one of the snake guys and... A couple of hours later, I know what I'm doing. And, I, and I, I'm, of course, massively simplifying. And he's got years of experience of actually being out in the field and doing it, which is <laughs> par for the course. But even so, it's one thing. I mean, like for me, handling dogs, yeah, have you handled any aggressive dogs? Yeah, I've handled some dogs that want to tear my, my arms off. But I'm generally doing that with a leash attached and I can keep them at arm's length or I just tap out. The snakes, you don't have a leash on it, right? It's just kind of there and he knows how to... Just, I can, yeah, oh, it's just, I know. It bends my mind. Well, that's the thing. After, when we got off air, he was saying, oh, yeah, you can just put your fingers on the cobra and I can push it yeah. down and it doesn't see me. And he's so calm about it. Which and you I've, have I've, to be. I know. I've got a snake and I'm petrified of the damn thing. Well, it's like I said to you, again, off air just before we did this about when I was out for a run with Steve the other day and saw, saw the cobra. Now, my, again, my first instinct as it rears up is, right, I'm just stopping dead and keeping calm, disengaging. So just, don't move. Don't give anything to react. You just still. But most other people would say, "Fuck!" Well, that run! was that was Steve, high squeal, and but he won't care that I mention this because it's absolutely true. He was squealing and panicking, and I was grabbing him, mate. Just calm, wait. And it was Cobra was reared up, looked at us, looked at Bree. We all just stood there doing nothing. He dropped down, fucked off. Yeah, I'd be running. At that point, I would outrun any of you. Which is fine, because you don't have to outrun a snake. You I just, outrun just, you, mate. You just outrun Steve. And I, look, I know you train a lot. Uh, Steve's a good runner, though. That's my only concern. At, at that point. <laughs> right. I'll become in Usain a, Bolt. In mate. a healthy sprint. <laughs> I'm Limpford Christie with my own snake. <laughs> and there's a 90s Wincher. reference for you. Um, thanks, Russ, for your time today. Cheers, buddy. Thank Who have you. we got next week? We have an amazing guest lineup. We do have an week. amazing des- guest next week. We're actually going to talk to our first sponsor Ooh. of the Jada Shark and Friends and Russell podcast. We're going to go to Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers. Oh. And we're going to chat to them. It's almost like we should do a, you know, a bit of spiel about them at some point. What about Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers? I have to tell you about that because you know those two adverts that we recorded? Useless. We- no, they loved them both. Unfortunately, they've got to just... redo it again. Yeah. For fuck's sake. I know. Can't do it today, though. We're too busy because we're going to do Bartcast now. Can we do Bartcast? We can. So next week, it's all about Lambert Sisters. Lamb- <laughs> Lambert Brothers Insurance Brokers, who are not at Boat Lagoon where we thought they were, which is one of the problems. So A, they've changed the company name, and B, they've moved. Yeah, pretty much. For fuck's sake. No, don't say that because they'll be listening to this. <laughs> Say nice things. You need insurance. It's good for you. You do, you do need insurance. I you do. do need to go to Lambert 
brothers insurance brokers. broken brokers not why are they at broke? Boat Lagoon. why are they broken or do you get insurance in case you break stuff is that the point I think so yeah right, okay. don't break shit well that's what it's, they're, they're, they're breakers you just said oh they also do um, testing not testing go they also do insurance pass uh, that's what we had to mention as well insurance for the Covid Thailand pass which is perfect there. for me who needs to get it because I'm leaving Thailand and got to come back you do. that's if I get my passport in time anyway Russell thanks for your time let's go do Barcast Cheers, bye. Woof. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram at Phuket Podcast. But the best place to go is PhuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell Podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at j at shark13productions.com.